Hello everyone and welcome to The Stage You Place, the podcast where we chat to those who work behind the scenes in theatre to create the magic that you see on stage. And in today's episode, we are continuing our Vault Festival specials with Joe Salman Lever, who is bringing Fanboy to the Vault Festival from the 7th until the 12th of March. I saw this show in Cheltenham in October 2022 and I really hope if you are listening to this episode that you are able to catch Joe's show at the Vault Festival. So here is my interview with Joe Salmon Lever. Hello Joe and welcome to the Stage of Place. How are you doing today? Yeah, well thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here and I'm good. Thanks Elliot. How are you? I am very good, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me this afternoon to talk Amboy, which is coming to the Vault Festival from the 7th until the 12th of March. Joe, welcome to the Stage of Place. Tell us a little bit about the show. We um, started making it back in 2019. So it was like, it's been a long time in the making. Uh, we had to obviously pause due to COVID like lots of lots of productions did. It's a solo show, but I say we because it's very collaborative. Like me and Yaz, who directed the show, worked really closely with Dylan, who's the designer. There's lots of tech in it. So that relationship was really important, like making sure that what we were sort of saying with the with the tech was like really bedded into the narrative. And so we were also working with a, a dramaturg, Lauren Mooney, as well. So there was a lot of a lot of collaboration. And I come from a devising background. So I always I always say we when when I talk about shows, even even if it's a solo show, because yeah, you can't make anything alone. I, I don't think. In terms of the show itself, I guess it's a solo show with a twist because because of the tech because of all like the video projection of you like we've got a video monitor on stage like an old sort of 90s style and we have projection and and so you kind of i won't say what the twist is because i hate spoilers and that's something that's talked about in the show but yeah there's we've hopefully made something that looks and feels a bit a bit bigger than maybe previous work i've made which is which is much much simpler in its design and the show explores fandom and pop culture and nostalgia and the lens through that is is uh, uh someone who's kind of digging through you know old stuff finds an old videotape and uh of, of his of himself he presses play and something kind of unusual starts to happen i won't say any more than that and then and yeah like one of the big fandoms in the show is star wars so we talk um i, I talk a lot about kind of my relationship to the star wars original trilogy in particular but also the prequels and the sequels and kind of like you know the spin-offs and and just this ever expanding uh, universe of this thing that I like millions of people absolutely adore and kind of what that means like what it means to be a fan how that kind of overlaps with some of our politics um, some of the division that I I think we still very much have in society especially online looks at kind of the darker side of fandom as I was as I would call it so um, you know obviously online bullying some of misogyny and racism that has unfortunately come with a lot of the backlash from from certain fans against some of the new sequels or spin-offs has taken it in and by direction I mean just casting people like from yeah. a more diverse background that unfortunately has has uh, has irked people and and uh, you know so we sort of talk about some of that and and I guess where where that kind of hatred comes from what it's sort of doing what what that what that means now there's also a story that runs through so I'm talking about obviously some some of the big kind of like big pop cultural you know films and events of our of our sort of time like Star Wars Marvel Lord of the Rings that, that kind of thing but I'm 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 telling quite a, I guess a personal story about uh friendships and relationships and family that kind of exist within those fandoms so that so there's sort of three key relationships in in the show and they're all linked in some way to Star Wars and to a midnight launch of a Star Wars film they are 
semi-fictional i would i would describe the show as auto-fiction you know it's, I, I play a version of myself and so you know have some fun with the truth i guess there's a bit of a bit of magical realism in there yeah it, that was very well described explained I, I came to see the show in cheltenham last october i'm a part of the doctor who fandom i i get what you were talking about there the dark side of fandom and you know how people could just turn against each other in, in the fandom it's absolutely extraordinary but i came to see your show in cheltenham and absolutely loved it so i'm <laughs> Very excited to be talking about it today. And Joe, what we love to ask about all of our guests who come onto the podcast is where they started off in their career or where they started off with their love of theatre. So for you, Joe, where did the love of theatre start for you? Was it coming from fandom and from Star Wars or was it theatre itself that drew you in? I'd say the love theatre was, was school plays, not to quite a bit later on, I don't think. Yeah. Like I, I I actually found them a bit awkward and embarrassing to, to be and I was kind of forced into them a little bit like when I was younger. And then I think I just grew to love them more and I, I grew to like, I guess the process of making stuff, I liked working with people, I liked telling stories and kind of figuring out how we do that as a, as a, as a, as a team of, uh, of creators. Like that, I think when I started learning about devising and directing and, and the other the other parts of making making shows, that's where I really fell in love with it. I think because then with my other loves of film and, and books and, and video games, I could kind of see the overlaps. I could sort of see the, the links of, you know, like these are all stories, but they just take place, they exist in different forms but there's there's creativity and there's sort of endless possibilities in each one and so I, I think kind of sort of like a youth spent kind of endlessly you know re-watching videotapes of like Home Alone or Muppet Christmas Carol or, or, or playing Donkey Kong Country or, or all the things or you know obviously indeed Star Wars like the things that sort of talk about in in fanboy like I think when I kind of got to try out making stuff myself I fell in love with that process i suppose yeah and yeah. obviously with fanboy like you say you, it's very much centered around a, an idea of a midnight screening of of star wars but when did the actual idea pop into your head that this was a show that you wanted to create was it was it an event that happened because like you say this is completely different to previous work and it feels a lot bigger so what event or spark in your brain made you decide to write a play like fanboy yeah i think the the impetus was um just being a fan of all, all that stuff and I think when I started it, the final sequel, Star Wars movie, was yet to come out. So I think there was all this sort of expectation around that. And there, were, there had been all this kind of division around the middle sequel, around, you know, around The Last Jedi. Like, I personally really loved it. Loads of people really didn't like it. And again, talking about the dark side of, of the fandom, you know, not everyone, obviously, but some of the people who really disliked it, you know, ended up saying quite a lot of yeah, misogynistic or racist stuff and just sort of fell into online bullying, basically. Firstly, I, w I thought it'd be really fun to make a show about all the kind of nerdy things that I love, uh, if we could find the right way of doing it and the right sort of design choices to, to present that on stage. But I think in terms of like a question, I was just really curious about why something that had brought so much joy to people, especially in their, you know, as kids, why then as adults, some of them, some of us, maybe, you know, I, I can get like, I write passionate about, you know, like things I really love as well. But like, you know, why, why does some, why does some fans kind of go down that path? You know, why, why, why does it kind of descend into this like toxicity? Yeah, I, I was, I was curious about that. And I guess then that then led to another question of like, you know, what is it about nostalgia beyond just Star Wars, but in pop culture, in um, in entertainment, in media, in politics, like nostalgia had become, you know, by the late 2010s, it had become this huge force in so many parts of our lives. And I was just really trying to understand why and uh you know I, I hopefully answer the question in the in the play but you know I have I have I have opinions on, on why that is and I think I think lots of it is 
you know, in the fact that the world's just very difficult and scary and has been for a while now. And it's very, you know, there's a lot of conflict, there's a lot of division, there's a lot of uncertainty in, for loads of reasons. And I think, you know, it's attractive to go back to a, a safe place, you know, to, to watch a film that sort of takes us back to a time that was simpler and that was happier, maybe. And I think with that comes an ownership from some fans, you know, around something they feel is theirs and has perhaps been intruded on when it comes to remakes or reboots and and they don't like that. I find that very sad, but I also I also find it, you know, really fascinating as to kind of what what's all going on there. So yeah, that was those I think were the big things in terms of making the show is like trying to unpack some of that and hopefully yeah. find some answers. Yeah. And obviously you've been touring fanboy for a while now. Like I said, I saw it in in October of 2022. What has the audience reaction been like? You know, away from like reviews and stuff like that and stuff that you see online. Have you had any responses, you know, in person with people talking to you afterwards about how they felt about the show? And has it been the response that you were expecting to get from the audience? Yeah, do you know what? It's been really lovely chatting to people after the show. Like, I think there was a, there was a couple of things I'd really hoped for. I suppose, like you know, um, when we when we were making, it, you know, we really hoped that it would connect with people, whether or not they were a Star Wars fan, or whether or not they liked any of the kind of the fandom or the or the stuff that we mentioned in in, in the show. People have like almost after every show, there's been someone that said, you know, I I don't know anything about Star Wars. I've never watched them, or I haven't watched them for years, but I love that. You know, I really I really connected with that with the story you you know you told and. The Star Wars stuff kind of, you know, I, I, some of it went over my head, but I still, it still, it still followed, followed the, the story and all of that, yeah. you know. So, so that was that was great. That's that's been really nice. And and with that, also people have like you mentioned Doctor Who earlier on, which isn't a fandom I know particularly well, but like you know, I think people are then whether or not they connect with these specific ones in in my show, like they're keen to talk about their own. You know, we've all we've got things that we were or still are obsessed by. Yeah. So that's been great. And then I think also the other thing we really hoped was that. You know, because the show talks about uh, loneliness and friendship and touches, I think, on on mental health. And I think particularly the ways in which men in particular, not not just men, but in particular men use hobbies and fandoms as, I think, proxy to talk about feelings. Because, you know, we we're, we're, can struggle with doing that just, you know, more, more directly. That, that's, a, that's a big theme, I think, in the, in the show. And, I, and again, I, I, we hoped that it would sort of open up a bit of conversation with people afterwards. And it does seem to have, have done. I think people have been really, you know, sort of willing to kind of, yeah, share how they're own like friendship have have been forged in in some of these things that I'm talking about and like the impact that's had on their well-being yeah it's really exciting that you've had those conversations and those reactions from the audience and now obviously the show is coming to the vault festival tell me a little bit about how you're bringing it to the vault festival because like I say I've seen the show it's very tech heavy you use tech quite a lot your set is quite elaborate and you've got you know on stage tech stuff going on basically I'm asking the question because obviously usually in changeovers you only have such limited time to you know get your set in and get another set out how's it going to feel like at the vault festival yeah it's a good question like I'm excited I'm a little bit nervous I, I know that we we did a very tight turnaround in Edinburgh, you know, where we we kind of only had a few minutes really to take you know take our set out and and uh, while the other <laughs> the other show was coming in and at the top of ours and at the end at the end of ours. So I think we're we're quite re- well rehearsed in doing that sort of efficiently. So we'll just adjust to a new space and and I'm sure we'll I'm sure we'll like get it get it down to an art pretty quickly. So that should be fine. Mm-hmm. I think in terms of bringing the set, that'll all come down. I'll, I'll I'm hiring a van <laughs> to drive it all there and uh yeah, I've cleared all the relevant, you know, checks with with vaults to, to load that in and stuff. So hopefully it shouldn't be too bad bad. I think like um I was quite nervous about touring the show last year because the tech was still coming together, I guess. Like we knew the tools that we had and uh but I think uh, because the show's not finished till it's preview in Edinburgh or, or wherever you're sort of launching it. I, I think it was a bit of trepidation about like, oh, are we going to have everything 
we need like have we have we asked for the, all the right stuff and and i think now that the show's been touring a while it's still a challenge because there is a lot of tech as you say it's a bit more of a known quantity now yeah and obviously very exciting even more about the vault festival is that the play is being published from the plays from vault six which is very exciting it must be really lovely to hear how do you feel about the play being published yeah it's really exciting i'm thrilled that it that it has been i've I've never had a play published before so it was yeah. it was amazing to hold something you'd written in, in your hand and you know an honor to be like alongside all these other great plays and it's nice you know i've been able to like give a copy to each of the the team and uh and or like you know people who've like supported the show along the way like that was that was a nice thing to be able to do i mean i don't i don't know like i haven't actually sat down and, and read it because i i i had to go through line by line so carefully but you know for the publication so I, yeah. I feel like i have but i haven't i haven't sat down with the book and read it yet and i think at some point perhaps when the show stopped touring and after a few you know a little while if i start to miss it maybe or maybe i'll sit down and read it then um, but i'm excited that you know other people have that, that chance if they want to and and um yeah, it's just it's just nice to sort of see it, see something that you've that you've done in print. It's cool. I've been to the vault this year and I've seen the and I've seen the book out in the shop, um, but I haven't managed to get a copy yet. It must be so different reading it than coming to see it. But hopefully people might be reading it, you know, early on in the vault festival and then going, you know, definitely go and see all these shows that are in the publication. That would be really exciting. And maybe if people have read it, they'll go, oh, I really want to see how this is now done on stage because of how you bring the story to life it is very exciting yeah absolutely no I've, 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 I hope so for sure yeah yeah we we, we like to hope <laughs> well Joe yeah. thank you so much for coming on to talk about Fanboy which again is at the Vault Festival from the 7th until the 12th of March Joe thank you so much for coming on to talk about the show thank I've got you. one final question for you though and it is yeah. the title of this podcast and that is the stagey place and what I love to know from all of my guests is whereabouts their stagey places. So Joe, for you, this could be a theatre that you visited before in the past that has really inspired your love for the theatre and for writing itself and performing. Or it could be not even a theatre, but a creative space where you like to write your plays. Or it could be a person that has inspired you throughout your career to have the career that you have today as a writer and as a performer, especially in this case with Fanboy. So Joe, where about is your stagey place that's such a great question i yeah i love that <laughs> i feel like i'm on like desert island disc or something <laughs> <laughs> um, i think i think for me it's um it's the bike shed theater which doesn't exist anymore sadly it's it's uh, it closed in 2018 and but it was really formative for for me and for lots of people in in exeter which is where i was based for a long time it was a great fringe theater about 50 or 60 seats you know they they kind of did productions in-house and then had loads of touring productions in so got to see a load of great work while I was living there and get to put my own stuff on as well and meet loads of amazing artists and it was just a really special place it had an amazing cocktail bar as well and uh, yeah just a real kind of yeah hidden gem in, in the city basically um, and like I say kind of was a, a very formative place to me so that that would be my my stagey place. That is very exciting another stage place that we've not had on the podcast as such and also it's great to hear well not great to hear obviously that it's closed but you've got so many good memories that are like concealed within that place itself it's really nice absolutely yeah. thank yeah. you well joe that is the end of our podcast today thank you so much again for coming on to talk about fanboy i'm really hoping that i can make it down to come and see it again because i'd love to see it one final time and obviously i'll get that play text from the plays from the vault six which is the publication that people can buy from the nick Hearn books bookstore or you can buy it from the vault festival itself joe thank you so much for coming to talk to me today thank you it's been a real pleasure thanks so much for having me on thank you so much 
And there we go, that was my interview with Joe Salmon Lever, again, who is bringing Fanboy to the Vault Festival from the 7th until the 12th of March 2023. I really hope that you were able to see the show. We will have all the ticket info, plus where you can find more about Fanboy in our episode notes. And until next time, I hope you are keeping safe and staying stagey. Goodbye. <laughs>